Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dafa Shavua. As we study Maseches Ksuvas Daf Lamed Zion. Again, as I uh, have pointed out in the past, these Dafim are so packed. We're kind of moving away from Kamle uh, Duravimine, definitely in my presentations. And I want to pick up on other Shasugyas uh, that come up in Maseches Ksuvas. So that's what we're going to focus on today. We probably will not get beyond what you could call one or two issues. I want to just give a caveat before the shear. We're all adults, obviously, that are listening to the shear. There is a whole discussion in a Mishnah in Meseches Chagiga. Some of you may remember we learned Meseches Chagiga. This is in the beginning of the third parak of Meseches Chagiga, that there's certain uh, discussions that should not be said publicly should not be spoken about publicly, including uh, issues of arayos, issues of uh, promiscuity, even not promiscuity in a negative sense, but talking about uh, relations, tashmish. And we see today, for example, how smart the tanayim are, because today you talk about something, it's not just the audience that's listening to it, it's spread, especially if it's something that's uh, of great interest to people, and that was a little Lashon Hara, and you end up with uh, a lot of danger. We had a speaker at the Shabbos who spoke about a uh, book that he published, and he made a joke that the book was supposed to be 800 pages, but they made it 500 because they took out all the Lashon Hara. That was just a joke. But if you combine Lashon Hara together with issues of uh, Tzniyos, then you you end up with a lot of trouble. On the other hand, as we're going to point out, especially when you're giving a shear or you're uh, learning, or I'd say even more so when it comes down to Halacha Lamasa, if issues aren't discussed and there's not a clear Mesorah between parent and child, Rebbe and Talmud in a private way, then how are things going to ever be discussed and to know what the halacha is, or to know medically or psychologically what the right guidance is. So today, I give that long introduction. I'm going to actually explain an amazing tshuva of Ramosha that seems to restrict discussion of topics relating to pruvu and contraception. And then we're going to try to explain why we're allowed to discuss this publicly Again, I assume giving the shear on it over here is public. I know people in the shear from Ketatora listening to it and people beyond. And you'll see why I have to do an apology for this, even though we're all very mature adults. The topic that we have in our Gemara today, which is sounds like a sidebar, but it's actually very essential halachlamasa issue, is we're discussing a woman that becomes a uh, shvuya. So a woman who becomes a shvuya, a captive, the assumption that's made, and we've discussed this previously, is that she's taken captive, that in, within captivity, the people who have the chutzpah to violate one of the Aseris Hadibros, whether these are Jews or non-Jews, especially in this situation that we're discussing non-Jews taking her, they're not going to be concerned about violating one of the Aseris Hadibros of a kidnapping, of taking a woman as a captive, a person as a captive. And we're assuming that 
they are being uh, raped against their will. They're not going to walk out as a basula. And the impact that this would possibly have on uh, future relationships with this woman and other such issues. So what happens? This is a woman who has the ability and the smarts to realize what's happening and the time, and she brings along a moch. Now, a moch today is, uh, we translate it as a contraceptive device. You also have an issue sometimes when a woman is uh, anida, so we're going to tell her to use after the hefsiktara as a general assumption. I shouldn't say sometimes that before she's able to start counting the zayinikim, we call it a moch dachok. A woman uses a bedika cloth, but she has to keep it inside of her bein hashmashos. So that's a moch dachok. Again, it's all coming from the same idea that it's something that is inserted. So what you f- may find amazing, again, if you haven't learned this Gemara, is that these were devices that we used even before modern birth control, which has obviously changed the world. Sometimes Lara, and as we'll discuss today, sometimes Latov. You have a situation where a woman can't get pregnant. We for medical reasons, at some situations for psychological reasons as well. And again, I know psychological and medical are connected, but I'm talking about physically and emotionally. Then a moch at certain times becomes an option. We're going to have to get there. But we have to back up a little bit because the backup is first issue that we have whenever discussing uh, using a moch or not using a moch outside of the Shavuya case, of course, is the mitzvah of Puruvu. Very often people start with the second discussion, but they don't start with the first discussion. So somebody calls Rabbi Baum and says, which one of the uh, many, many types of uh, birth control am I allowed to use? The first question you have to really ask is, are you allowed to go onto birth control. So we're going to cover this issue today. You'll definitely get a good introduction to Peruvu. We actually covered much of this, or some of it, with less of a focus on the Peruvu point in Mesechus Yivamas, actually in a number of places in Mesechus Yivamas. But we actually have to back up. I knew when I was giving this year on Mesechus Yivamas, I probably said it, that at some point we're going to cover the basic Peruvu sugya. And I think we're going to take that opportunity today to do so. So this is the general introduction. Now we're going to jump into, first of all, should we be having this uh, conversation, which obviously we are going to have. I'll explain the justification for it in a very famous article, now famous article by Rav Hershel Schechter. I could point to others as well. And then we're going to get to Peruvu. If we have a chance, we'll also discuss the Inyanim of what I'd say, moch bizman hazeh. So a question comes to Rav Moshe Feinstein in 1958. This is found in Shelo Suchuvos, Igros Moshe, Evan Ezer, Chelek Aleph, Simon Samach The question comes to him from a Rav Gershon Spalter, not familiar with him. 
And uh, we're given the date, Yud Alf Nisan, Tuf Shin Yud Ches. Tuf Shin Ches is 1948, you attend to it. We're in 1958, Yud Alf Nisan. <clears throat> the question is, What do we do with a woman who is a danger for her to get pregnant? Ramosha clearly is not going to say that the answer is she should stay away from her husband, her husband should stay away from her. When I say clearly not going to say, because even Ramosha Feinstein, who in general is going to be strict on issues of um, birth control, I shouldn't say in general, but it's going to have uh, what the world may consider strict, there are going to be certain times where it's going to be recommended and abstinence will not be recommended. But before we get there, and this is really what I wanted to show you, and the point I make here is really, we could have discussed this in Masechus Ksuvah, so you could discuss it almost in any Masechta. Where should these issues be discussed? So Ramosha says, these, this should not be discussed in a journal that is open to the masses. He says, especially in this country, he's talking here about the United States of America, this is 1958, because what's going to happen is, Hayonidon biyarchon shehukadorish if you end up having some kind of journal that's going to be read by thousands, I guess he's assuming this is going to be written in English, and some of the readers are going to be people that don't have the proper what's the purpose of them reading? They're only looking for a heter, to trick themselves. And he therefore says this connects to the mission. I think I said before Perik Gimel, but it's the mission in Peric, the beginning of Perik Beis of Chagiga in Darshan Barayas Bishlosha. Once you go beyond two or three, you don't discuss certain things in public because it could end up leading to uh, heterim. Now it's important. Let me just say something before we go a little further. And this I've heard from many rebbeim. And it's, I tell this sometimes to congregants. You know, congregants sometimes will say, and they mean well, Baruch Hashem, they're asking questions. I'm calling you for a hetter. I'm calling you for a hetter, let's say, of birth control. Or I'm calling you for a hetter, Rabbi, you have to tell me I could keep only one day on div. Or this hetter or that hetter. That's not really why you call a rav. You call a rav for the rav to evaluate what's the situation going to be. <clears throat> if you know... What you want it to be, that's very nice. Maybe let the Rav know that. Sometimes the Rav has to know your personal situation. But we don't call for heterim. So Ramosha says people who are not as learned, or even they're learned, but they don't have the year Shemayim, the year Aschet, they don't necessarily understand the halachic process, they're going to find heterim for issues when it comes to birth control and other areas. Now again, we have to keep in mind, and this is what I said at the beginning of this year, before you start dealing with the possible problems of birth control, which will be, amongst these, amongst these problems will be, how do we deal with Zara? How do we deal with a man's seed? Obviously, the conclusion is going to be, it's not a waste of a man's seed to have relations with his wife if she's not going to get pregnant, because we're not going to tell pregnant women who aren't going to get pregnant a second time while they're already pregnant, or women that are postmenopausal that they can't have relations. But there may be certain types of birth control that destroy the seed before a point where it should. 
or there may be certain types of birth control that have an impact on the chi of ona, that the man, as part of the ksuba, enjoyment he has to give to his wife. Or it may turn the relation from being a natural one to what halakhali is defined unnatural. These are issues which we probably will not get to. We're being introduced to it in our Gemara with a moch situation. And this is a question, the woman who puts uses the moch, when exactly is she using the moch? There's going to be a difference. Halacha is the moch being used to prevent the zera to go into her, or is it being used after the relations to be cleaned up, which is going to be less of an issue, but not necessarily the most reliable. That's something today that's called spermicide. But I, before we have all these discussions, Ramosha says you better be careful. Now, why doesn't Ramosha? Why does Ramosha not have a problem printing these chuvos? I could show you ten chuvos at least in uh, Igros Moshe, where he gets into a lot of details, very much detailed of which type of birth control, not birth control, other issues of be a kadarka, be a shalokadarka. So Ramosha assumes that we're not translating for the masses the shalos of chuvos. Here you have to be a Talmud Chacham that has training in order to learn it. So what happens, and this again is an important issue, I'm spending time on it because it really goes even beyond this uh, shear. In uh, I have it right in front of me if anybody wants to see a copy because we're allowed to share it. In one of the early journals, what's called the Journal of Contemporary Halacha, which was uh, edited by Rabbi Alfred Cohn of Muncie, they have a whole shear written up by Rav Schechter, a whole article called Halachic Aspects of Family Planning. The editor of this, uh, who I think at this point was already um, the Rav that I mentioned, Rabbi Alfred Cohn, says, in order to be certain that our journal falls well within the parameters of the halacha, it was decided from the outset that all articles published would receive the scrutiny of Gedola Yisrael. He doesn't tell us which Gedola Yisrael. In a discussion last year with one of the outstanding Rosh Yeshivas regarding certain articles for inclusion in the journal, we were strongly urged by him to print an article of Miniat HaHerayon. Miniat HaHerayon is Hebrew for birth control. Not only did this Gadol request this article, but he specifically requested include all Heterim available. His feeling was that it is important for people to have knowledge so that they will be able to approach their Rav for advice. And Rav Shechter was the one who was chosen to write this article, Rav Herschel Shechter. He writes inside, that's how I know this tshuva, about this tshuva from Ramosha. And then he says, despite this tshuva, nevertheless, over the last past 28 years, I think this was printed, if I'm correct, in the early 90s. Remember the question that comes to Ramosha is in 58. He says, over the past 20 years, the topic has been dealt with at length in both public forums and popular journals. Its treatment, unfortunately, has been less than satisfactory, with presentations often being incomplete and inaccurate. This is Ramosha saying, several gadolim felt that a new halachic paper on the subject is English, in English would be appropriate and is upon their insistence that he's writing this, that I'm writing this. The halachic issues involved in family planning touch on many areas. This paper will introduce the reader to these various areas without attempting to exhaust the halachic discussion involved. And then he stresses how every family's situation is different and questions must be referred to a qualified rabbinic authority. 
Now, the first 20 or so pages of this article, Baruch Shekivanti, before discussing the permissible uses, or sometimes impermissible uses of Shekhvazera, of seed, of wasting seed, and other aspects of, of um, birth control that may be an issue, he begins off with the positive. That's what I thought we should do, of discussing Piria Verivia. Now, I want to stress something I once heard from Rabbi Neuberger. You have to appreciate what Rav Schefter accomplished with this article. It was really a groundbreaking article, and this really started a lot of discussions. Now, again, you can't just read this article in Paskin. Postkin should be aware of the article, but you have to obviously do the research. So this is not for Balabatim to read to Paskin, but for Balabatim, when you ask a question to a Rav, it's always good to have as much information as possible. That's true when I ask questions to doctors. A lot of these issues are going to depend on what a doctor says. If a woman, for example, is having certain uh, health issues, psychological issues, I'm going to speak to a Rav. I'm going to speak some, very often to a Rav who's greater than me, but I'm also going to speak to a doctor and who has knowledge, much more knowledge than I do, but I like to be as knowledgeable as possible to keep updated with the different, for example, in this case, the different types of birth control, etc., and the impact it could have on a person's health. If I ever gave a share just on that, we would discuss those possibilities. But here's the ish thing that Rabbi Newberg said, which I thought was very important. You see, Ramosha's concern is really about the kula. But what ends up happening is you have certain people this is what Rabbi Neuberger said, that only know birth control is us. And then they just keep having, you know, with Hashem's help, obviously, child after child. There's nothing wrong with that, assuming that the woman could handle it, physically, emotionally, psychologically. So if you don't know that they had Terim out there in limited situations, then you're going to be uneducated. So... That was an additional reason, obviously based on facts. Now, Ramosha was a Navi. He wasn't actually a Navi, but he saw how the halachic system would work, both Lakula and Lachumra and Bar Hashem. I think today people are more educated to ask these questions. I know I get these questions all the time. A lot is going to depend on if there's the proper guidance, the Kala teacher, Chassan teacher, to tell them that you have to have a Rav, you know, not because you're going to burn if you don't, They'll just help you along. And the Rav should know the husband and the wife in these situations. I'm going to have some time, at least we should get into the meat of the issue. Where do we start? So if you open up the Shulchan Aruch, we're going to start in Evna Ezer Aleph, the very first simon of the Shulchan Aruch, especially in Sif Hay. If you open up the Rambam, we're going to look into uh, the Halachos in the Rambam, in Hilchas uh, Ishus Tesvav Vav, where he discusses the mitzvah of Pruvu. We have Pruvu that's mentioned in the Torah multiple times in Sefer Bereshis, and it's brought down by the Gemara as a halacha. We in, who studied Maseches uh, Yivamas, if you remember, on Daf Samach Aleph Amid Beis. That's where a lot of this discussion was, in other places as well. So a lot of these issues came up in Mesechus Yavamos. Now, there is a machlokas, if we're not going to get into this in great detail, between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, 
How does a person fulfill the mitzvah of Piriya Varivya, being fruitful and multiplying? The opinion of Beishamai, which is actually brought down in the Yerushalmi, and many say is the halacha, if you go straight with the Yerushalmi, that it's if you have two sons, you fulfill the obligation. We paskin like Basilel that you require at least one son and one daughter. Now, what happens if a person, you know, doesn't have a son and a daughter? They have seven daughters or seven sons. What happens if a person is not able to have children? So it's important to remember the Gemara Masech Shabbos, and this is brought down by many poskim. When we get to Shemayim, Hashem asks us the question of Asakta period of Arivia. It's not the question of will you makayim period Arivia. Did you do what was possible? Did you put effort into the situation? We're also familiar with the Gemara in Masech Sanhedrin that talks about raising a child, which means if someone adopts a child, it's as if you've had the child. This is found in Masech Sanhedrin on Yud Tes Amid Beis. And it's actually brought down, La Halacha, as a secondary form of fulfilling the mitzvah. You could look in the Shulchan Aruch and the Chach HaShlomo, which is Rav Shlomo Kluger to Evan Ezer, Aleph Aleph. Now, what happens if a person says, No problem, I want to have children, but I want to delay having children? It's not like I don't want to do the mitzvah. I want to delay having the mitzvah. So this is very often what will happen with a young couple. They say we want to get to know each other. We have financial issues. These are shalos that have to be asked. Our general approach is that we don't put off mitzvahs. This is a derisa concept, which we learned in Maseches Psachim and Daftalad Amad Aleph, of Zrizim Akdim and Lemitzvahs. The basic assumption is that Zrizim Akdim and Lemitzvahs, as explained by most of the Rishonim, it's integrated into each halacha. And even though there are times that we delay it, so for example, a bris should be held in the morning, but if there's a reason for more kavod, it's a battle. On the other side, you have kavod. To have more people come to it, you would end up having it in the afternoon. By Itanis, we're going to end up in the afternoon. So it sounds like Zerizim Akdim and Mitzvos is not the biggest deal in the world. So that assumption is a mistake. There's a node to be Yehuda in Yardea, Chelik Bey's Kuf Samach Vav, who assumes that any time you don't do Zerizim Makdim and Mitzvos, unless you have a legitimate reason not to, you're actually being Mavatel, the Mitzvah, of what's being attached to it. So in this situation, you'd be being Mavatel, the Mitzvah of Puravu. Others say you'd only be Mavatel, the Zerizim Makdim and Mitzvos, which is not as a big a deal, but it still is a big deal. And uh, it's it's... Important, the Chazonish assumes we have this Chazonish, it's based on a Gemara, Maseches Moikatan, Zayin Elmid Beis, that delaying having a child would be a bitl mitzvah itself of Puruvu. So, what type of Hetairim are out there? So, we're going to have an opportunity to discuss this, probably not now, but I wanted to point out a few other issues because the discussion doesn't really end with the mitzvah of Puruvu. We have a number of other concepts that are pushing uh, the envelope over here to resist allowing birth control. 
even after a person has been Mekayim the mitzvah. Now, again, you're not going to paskin from the shir because there's going to be an issue of spacing, especially after having two children, even between children. I personally have a Masora from a posek that uh, 24 months you could wait after having the first child to having the second child because we know already in the Gemara it was very common for women to nurse for 24 months. There's even a view up to four years. Without going through the whole history, I want to try to bottom line this. So for 24 months, the woman is still trying to regain her strength. And I was told whether she's nursing or whether she's not nursing. And in general, right, maybe I would give that hat to you. You have to hear each situation, but you have to ask for it. But let's say you've already had, you've been Mekayim the Mitzvah, and do you just stop? So this already is discussed in uh, many Rishonim, based on the Gemaras. Many of the Gemaras are Meseches Yavamas, and I'm going to give you a brief summary for the purpose of time. We have additional values that are taking. The Gemara tells us in, in Yavamas, you remember Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva said he had Talmidim when he was young. That was Baboker. It's based on a Pasuk in Kohelas. But also Be'erev, in the later part of his life, he had Talmidim. The Gemara learns from there that it's true that you have children, you know, in the beginning of a marriage, but you don't necessarily stop. What's the value of not stopping? So part of it, the Rambam explains to us that what we're doing by bringing a child into the world, is besides the personal fulfillment, we are strengthening Klai Yisrael. That's part of the tafkid of a Jew. And that's what we accomplish by having multiple children. Now, there is not the concept here of there's never an end because we got to take into we have to take into effect the health. We have to take into effect whether parents could handle the children, whether children could handle other children, and that. And these are the types of questions going to come up. But just because a person has been mekay and puravu doesn't mean we stop. There's also the idea of based on a pasuk Yeshayahu, of filling up the world with Jewish children. There's even a concept that we get closer to Mashiach when we empty out uh, Shemaim of the Neshamos that are there. It's a mystical idea, but it's also brought down by Chazal. So what I wanted to basically establish today is before you really get into the Moch discussion, which is generated by our Gemara, we have to first get into the discussion of Pruvu. We gave you some parameters, why Ramosha resisted it, why we discuss it, and hopefully this generates more she'elos, chuvos, and clarity to understand the Ratzon Hashem. Have a great week of learning.